the sunrise. My body was chilled, but my nerves felt like steel, full of resolve. The night before, I had decided to surrender my life to God. I had hit a new low a few months earlier, and I had spent the time since then sinking deeper and deeper into my own pit of despair. For years, I thought I was in control. I knew my limits. I had boundaries, and I would do what I want, when I want. My motto was, consequences be damned. I didn't care what people thought, as long as I wasn't judging myself for being a hypocrite. And for me, that meant living spontaneously from one moment to the next, just trying to enjoy life as much as I possibly could, until I realized that this path would soon lead to death. Whether it was my own or someone else's, I couldn't stomach the idea of someone dying as a result of my behavior. It wasn't fun anymore. I was old enough to know better, and I was starting to care. But I didn't know what to do. I wanted to make a complete U-turn. But I didn't know how. How do you throw your life away? I started by opening a big black garbage bag and going around my room. Marie Kondo wasn't a thing yet, so I wasn't looking for objects that sparked joy. Instead, I was releasing shame. I picked things up one by one and asked these three questions. One, where did this come from? Two, why is it significant and what does it make me think of? And three, why am I keeping it? Anything that brought up memories of past relationships or negative experiences went straight into the garbage bag or the laundry basket to be given to the thrift store. I got rid of almost everything, from photos to furniture. Mercifully, I didn't own too much at the time. I had recently graduated university and had moved to northern Canada with whatever would fit inside my suitcases. But the things I had brought with me were some of my most valuable possessions. They were the souvenirs and mementos of my various escapades and adventures. I felt like an alcoholic, emptying their liquor bottles down the drain. After ridding my little basement apartment of everything but the pots and pans, I realized that I would have to replace a lot of really practical items, like my bedding. That is when I started to feel extremely stupid. Why was I going to spend good money on things I already owned? I worried that I might be having some kind of mental health crisis. I can't afford to do this. But there was a deep peace within me when I turned around and saw the empty space around me. So I went to Walmart to buy a bed in a bag. It was raining, which was odd. It hardly ever rains in Yellowknife, and this rain was especially cold and miserable. I got onto the bus feeling damp and depressed because as I looked into my bank account, I saw that it was close to empty. Again, I felt stupid, spending my last few dollars when I already owned what I wanted to buy. My prayer life was more like a wrestling match in those days, arguing with the deep knowing within me and my mind that wanted to make sense of everything. I could have easily rationalized myself out of doing all of this. It just didn't make sense. But there I was, at Walmart, standing in the bedding aisle, purchasing a fresh set of sheets and a new duvet. Listening to the still small voice within you is one of the most challenging things you will ever learn to do in this life especially if you grew up in a Christian home. Although I had been raised Catholic, I didn't exactly have a relationship with God, and I didn't know how to let the Lord lead me. 
Maybe you felt this way too. Maybe, like me, you were taught not to want because what you want is selfish, fleshy, and bad. This was the main idea I rebelled against in my late teens and early 20s. I wanted to live in abundance and all the church seemed to be able to offer was a safe cage. To make matters worse, I saw the cage as full of hypocrites who were far more dangerous and full of hate than anything I saw out in the world. What I've discovered over the years is that wanting isn't the problem. The real problem is not wanting enough. As a result, we keep filling our lives with cheap imitations. Since we're not supposed to want, we can't really pursue those desires, and yet we can't seem to let them go. And so, as a result, we indulge in temptation instead. What I wanted more than anything else was love. I wanted to love and be loved. I wanted to be seen and known. I tried everything I could do to get it. Whenever I got into a romantic relationship, I had a tendency to give away everything in a selfish attempt to get what I wanted. Attention, security, and friendship. I wanted to feel important and valued. Maybe that's what you're looking for too. And as long as we think that those feelings are going to come from a relationship, we are going to continue to settle for illusions. The truth is that feelings are a byproduct of your thoughts. This is why the old saying, what would Jesus do, turns most people into hypocrites. Unless you learn to think and love like Christ, your actions are never going to be pleasing to God. Both our sin and our good works start in our mind. Our mind produces thoughts, which are the seeds. Our feelings fuel the growth of those seeds, and those seeds eventually reveal themselves in our behavior. This is why the first thing that Jesus asks us to do is repent and renew our minds. If we can learn to think like him by adopting the mind of Christ, we can learn to live like him with lives that are fueled by the fruit of the Holy Spirit. This is the path of spiritual and emotional maturity and is absolutely critical to have if you want to enjoy a Christ-centered marriage. When we stop focusing on self-control and managing our behavior and switch to focusing on managing our minds, our lives begin to completely transform. So if you've been pursuing a romantic relationship from a place of fear, you'll never create a relationship that makes you feel loved. Instead, you will continue to find yourself in relationships where you feel anxious, jealous, suspicious, and used. In the story I told you at the beginning of the podcast, I shared how I went through all of my possessions one by one and got rid of everything I associated with shame, sin, regret, and anger. It's not that any of those items were particularly bad. It's what was happening in my mind that was making all the difference. I was thinking, I don't actually need this. I don't even want this. Whereas before, I thought, I need these things. They're a part of who I am. This blanket, these photos, these piercings, this is who I am. And I can't afford to replace them. These thoughts kept me trapped in the past. And as a result, I kept creating the same kind of situations over and over and over again. My thoughts all surrounded a common theme. I don't have enough and I need this. My new thoughts 
I don't want this. I don't need this. I want freedom all allowed me to let go of the things that were keeping me stuck in old patterns and ways of being. It is the desire for freedom which ultimately allowed me to embrace the love of Christ in all its splendor and abundance and eventually what made it possible for me to enjoy a Christ-centered marriage. And here's what I want to leave you with. Your desire for marriage isn't in opposition with God's plan for you. In fact, I believe that it's a God-given desire. The real problem is what thoughts and feelings you're using to fuel that desire. As a relationship coach, I teach women how to fuel their pursuit of marriage with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. When our actions are fueled by love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, the results are good for you and bring glory and honor to God. But when we're going after something from a place of frustration, fear, anger, jealousy, lust, bitterness, comparison, despair, and those other emotions that feel awful, we are going to indulge in temptation and sin in attempts to stop feeling those miserable emotions. So I want to ask you, what do you want? And if you've spent any time in the church, you know the answer is supposed to be, I just want what God wants for me. But let's be honest. How does that make you feel? For me, I felt confused and paralyzed with fear about making the wrong choice. I felt like whatever I wanted was selfish. So I want you to try a different question. What would I like to create in my life that would be good for me and bring glory and honor to God? For me, the answer was marriage. I wanted a Christ-centered marriage that would be good for me and bring glory and honor to God. What if you can choose anything you want and the most important part is learning to fuel the pursuit of your God-given desire with the mind of Christ and the fruit of the Holy Spirit? What would change in the body of Christ if we all learned how to pursue and achieve our deepest desires fueled by love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I believe that this is exactly the answer to our prayer, Thy will be done, Thy kingdom come. God's will is for us to have free will and to use our freedom of choice to bring glory and honor to Him. I choose to do that through my most intimate human relationship within the covenant of marriage and expressed through the family that is created as a result of our Christ-centered forever love. If you want to begin creating more space for your God-given desire for marriage, you can get started today by choosing any space in your life and emptying it out. I shared how I emptied out my entire home, But to be clear, this was a one-bedroom basement apartment, and I didn't own a lot to begin with. You might want to start with a smaller project. It could be your bedside table, your car, your closet, or under the bed. These are all great places to begin. As you pull out the items one at a time, ask yourself, where did this come from? Why is it significant, and what does it make me think of? And why am I keeping it? Notice your answers. Do you like them? Do they feel limiting or freeing? 
Many of us have items that we think we can't get rid of because they were given to us by our mom or they cost too much money or for some other reason. And so we hang on to items that do not serve us and ultimately cause us to serve them. Carrying them dutifully from one house to the next is what causes them to become idols in our lives. I want to give you permission to let it go. If your relationship with certain people is based entirely on you holding on to their old stuff, that relationship is probably overdue for a reassessment. If you can't imagine living without a certain object, ask yourself why. This does not mean that you should throw everything away and keep only the things you really, really want. I'm just asking that you make sure you like your reason for keeping them. I have so much more to share with you, and if this podcast has served you in any way, please think about the women you know who are also in their single season and consider sharing the podcast with them too. I believe that marriage is one of the most beautiful ways in which we can spread the love of God and be a living testimony for Christ in the world. But in order to do that, we need to establish healthy, Christ-centered romantic relationships. As the body of Christ, we need to not just be physically mature and old enough to legally marry, we must also be emotionally and spiritually mature. And this is an intentional growth process. We all need to mature in three areas of our lives in order to identify and attract men who are also mature in these areas. When this happens, we have the potential for truly equally yoked relationships. This podcast was sponsored by my free Relationship Starter Course. Discover the first step to an equally yoked and Christ-centered relationship. In this free course, you will learn who you are in Christ, what your core values are, and how to attract an equally yoked partner. Your marriage matters, and I believe that the best time to prepare for it is while you're single. That's why I created this brand new three-part mini training series to teach Christian women how to love themselves deeply and authentically so that they can establish healthy, Christ-centered relationships. Because when you know who you are and whose you are, you'll never settle for less than God's best. Go to www.proverbs2426.com start. That's proverbs2426.com slash start and begin today.